0: Hello, hello, good morning. In this episode, I talk to Ryan Nell. Welcome to the Flutter 101 podcast, a weekly podcast focusing on Flutter and Dart. My name is Vince Warga and welcome to the show. My guest today is Ryan Nell. Ryan is the author of the Alfred framework. Alfred is a performant, Extras.js like server framework written in Dart. See, as a big believer in Dart's potential outside of Flutter, it was very disheartening for me when I read one backend framework after another, being discontinued, deprecated, or sunset. I was very glad when I saw a Reddit post announcing, Alfred, A, as the Reddit post claimed, a super easy, modular, express.js-like server package for Dart. Since then, a couple of months have passed, and the project has improved tremendously. For this reason, I wanted to talk to Ryan and talk about Flutter, Dart, and Alfred. Before we get started, if you enjoy these podcasts, I would appreciate it if you shared your favorite episodes with your coworkers and software developer friends. I put out a new episode every Friday. Sometimes I have industry experts talking about their area of expertise, and sometimes I do shorter solo episodes where I explain a topic that could be important to every Flutter developer. Please take out your phone from your pocket and subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music and many more. You'll find links to the supported podcast networks on flutter101.dev that is flutter101.dev. On this website you can also listen to the podcast from your web browser and you will also find an RSS feed here. By subscribing to the podcast and sharing episodes with your friends you help the podcast grow, and I'm very grateful for your help. Thank you. Then let's start this episode. Let's figure out more about this amazing project, Alfred, with creator Ryan Nell. Welcome, Ryan. Yeah, uh, good to be here. Um, before we get started, could you please introduce yourself? What do you do? Uh, what did you do before Alfred and Flutter and Dart?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so. Uh, look, I've got a I've got a fairly long IT history. Um, uh, written a few apps um, coming coming out of school um, back in the early 2000s. Um, when I say apps, I mean these were some software things. Went off, ran an IT services business, so you know, doing sort of repairs and whatnot. I guess is probably the best description. Um, and then around about sort of 2009 2010, um, I, I needed to write some software to. To manage that business, which ultimately turned into creating a, a fully fledged accounting system, um, which which didn't which didn't hit when it you know when it hit the market, and um, but then I sort of got the I guess got the bug to move over and doing software development full time. Um, so so that's what I've been doing I guess since then, um, but really for clients. Um, so we set up a little you know, sort of a little agency to, to build software um, called Snappy Apps. Um, but, yeah, look, ultimately I, the software I do and the, the work that we do is, is writing apps for um, clients to their specifications and and delivering that. So um, I mean, I look, part of what I wanted to talk about today was um, some of the mistakes I've made, um, you know, and some of the incorrect, I suppose, technology choices and some of the lessons I'd learned from that. Um, so I guess we'll probably go through most of that. In, in the interview um <laughs> rather than spoiling it all out um but yeah look, that's that's where I come from um to be here but yeah look currently actually I guess um I'm yeah look we're a full stack um dart slash flutter um shop at the moment so everything we do is a is a flutter front end and dart back end um yeah for for quite a few projects we've delivered now for the last couple of years um yeah
0: and and which one came first for your agency was it dart or uh flutter or more or less yeah, around the same time.
1: <laughs> no, look, I, I must admit it was Flutter to start with. Um, so previously we'd moved on from React Native, and before that they were PhoneGap and Cordova apps primarily. Um, again, because a lot of the work that we do is for, for people who they don't, they're don't they not necessarily really technically literate. They, oftentimes they don't necessarily have a big budget, um, although we do do some quite large work for enterprise clients. But it always ends up being that they want a cross-platform app um, you know, and the, very rarely are they interested in in spending the solid time to develop a you know a, a native app in one platform, a native app in another. And Because our team's small, you know, we, we don't have a dedicated team to to deliver two apps um, to the client. So so everything's been cross platform from an app standpoint from the beginning. Um, but yeah, so yeah, like the core apps were were written in Angular one, um, primarily with with Ionic um, or some other there's a material framework we used to use as well. Um, yeah, then moved on to React Native, and then came to Flutter, and then we went to a Dart backend. So previously, we we're using Node.js um, throughout that whole time. Throughout the whole time, previously.
0: Okay, it sounds like you have uh, an extensive experience with different cross-platform frameworks. Could you share your opinion about each of those uh, a little bit? So how how it went uh, with how the projects that used those uh, different technologies went?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, look, with, from a, with the, the Cordova ones were fairly stable, um, but what happened was we found you'd produce about 90% of the work really quickly and it was all sort of functional, but then there was this last 10% kind of hurdle about creating something that was polished and that you could be proud of that we just really couldn't overcome. Um, you know, so the clients were were happy with the outcome, but but rarely could we make them overjoy. So so then from from there, we also I considered Xamarin. Um, so before going to Cordova and whatnot, you know, I have a, a .NET background as well, um, which that other software, the accounting software I, I talked about, was written in. Um, you know, so we I had a look at Xamarin, and I also had a customer who came to me with a, an existing app that had a few people. Few teams have a crack at it. Um, that was written in Xamarin, but it, oh, look, it was a nightmare. Um, so this was before Xamarin Forms. Um, you know, so it was it was you had to write the the backend, the code, the, the shared code, and the business logic um, was all in .NET, but you'd have to write the front end code in the native platform, and it was just uh, so many bugs. So I, I didn't even I didn't really touch it and give it a fair go. Um, but yeah, look, React, React Native was a big job. Um, and that was, that allowed us to create apps that we were finally proud of. Um, you know, that had a really great user experience. Um, it was, it was fast. It was, you know, it was good to use, but ultimately it still felt like it was just a hack on top of a hack on top of a hack, um, to get things to work. And I I guess when you say we're talking about some of the, some of the things, um, you know, that, that we had that were an issue. Um, was that every time we come back to a React Native app and open it up, even if it was just a month had gone by, for some reason it wasn't building anymore, or there was some upgrade that needed to be done, and maintaining a React Native app was an absolute nightmare. Um, so getting a chance to, you know, Flutter was being kicked around. It was actually one of my um, one of my devs that I work with. He, you know, he he talked about Flutter. He was had his finger on the pulse there um, before it hit one um, but as soon as it hit 1.0, and I was I was aware of it, I thought, all right, let's give it a crack now, um, you know. And look, yeah, I haven't haven't looked back. It's, um, you know, the problems, the maintainability problems with React Native aren't there, um, and certainly the performance issues with Cordova have, have been resolved. So you know, I'm very happy at the moment with um, with the ecosystem. It's great.
0: And you also mentioned uh, that on the backend you used Node.js, I think. Uh, yes. So what were the backend frameworks uh, or what were the other backend languages and frameworks that you used before Dart and writing Alfred?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, look, I did have a bit of experience with .NET um, and, you know, ASP and whatnot, but again, when it comes, when it came to writing apps and, and you know, really seriously doing it commercially um, it was no JS until I'd say the last year and a half. So um, Anyway. So what we did for node, it was, it was node with express was um, a primary Framework, I suppose we'd use, but before that, I'd use something else called SalesJS, which is kind of a bit of a an all-in-one, Node.js thing. And look, um, it was yeah had some, <laughs> it, it was really heavy. And so I guess one of the most successful pieces of software I've ever written was never re- truly published, um, but it was a it was a fr- little web framework written on top of Express um, that allowed you just to pump out pump out backends. Um, and so whilst it wasn't it wasn't proprietary it was just more i i wrote it up i shared it with some people some friends who were also in the same space they've used it it was used to power a huge number of projects in the end um you know and it just kind of got built upon but never never really taken seriously um but look also with node um we, uh, for, for an orm um i used mongoose um yeah. which is which is excellent um for, and and also MongoDB is is also the database that we've been using, and I've been using that through the whole thing, um, both with Dart and also with Node. Um, so I've got a, I do have a quite a quite a bit of experience with SQL databases, but when you're working with JSON, it, what, what I came to one day was I just I just had this thing I said, I've got this JSON here. I don't want to rewrite it. I just want to be able to throw it somewhere and query it. And, um, and that was ultimately how I got converted over to um, just, yeah, non-relational databases, um, which, yeah, and again, I haven't looked back. There, there hasn't been a thing so far that's, <laughs> that's gotten in my way. And I said, oh, no, I've got to get, got to get out of here, you know, which, um, you know, that's, that's usually when I, when I know I'm in trouble. So,
0: yeah. Okay. And how did you switch to then Dart? So what made you want to try Dart on the back end? And which yeah. uh, what did you try there?
1: So, look, coming to Flutter, well, one thing I didn't expect to happen was I, I fell in love with Dart. Um, you know, again, JavaScript. I, I really liked JavaScript when I got it because there was a certain element of freedom that that came with it, um, and not not even not being strongly typed. You know, you just write things and it, it would work. Um, but over time, it it just got extended and extended and extended, and and when I came to Dart. Everything that I needed was all there in one place from the get-go. I wasn't dealing with webpack and you know all these other builders and systems just to try and get your functionality there. Um, so you know, it was there. it was simple, it was clean, and it made sense. And plus there's <laughs> i don't I don't it seems like a silly little thing, but refactoring variables. And variable names and Android Studio. I, I look, I, I I've I play around a little bit with Visual Studio code, but I've come from WebStorm, so um, Android Studio was the um, was a, sort of a it, it's just one of those things I'm so productive in it that I haven't moved off. But being able to just change a variable name, and it changes everywhere without breaking anything, um, was 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 one of those real happy little moments for me. Um, so anyway, so so look, I, I I really enjoyed Dart, and I thought, look, going no JS, it was. It was too loose, you know? I can, I, I've can tried putting TypeScript on top of Node and I didn't like that because it was just one more layer to, to have to debug. Again, it was this hack on top of hack on top of hack thing like the React Native experience. Um, whereas with, with Dart, I was able just to write the code, didn't need to be transpiled, and, and it just worked. Um, and it was clean. Plus, um, I've always had a thing for being able to write a single binary, um, write and distribute an actual binary. Um, of my server. So, you know, it's nice to be able to just package it up. Here's, you know, here's an executable file I can give to someone or I can, I can chuck on a server and then rename it for a version. And it's all just there in one hit. Um, you know, I don't like having to send my source code around everywhere just to make a server work. Um, so that also appealed to me. Obviously there's some ways you can do that with node, but again, it's, it's, it's just another, another hack. So um Yeah, I I fell in love with Dart, I think is the answer. Um, And yeah, I thought I'd have a crack for it on server.
0: You wanted to try uh, Dart on the backend. And what are the backend solutions that you tried in the Dart ecosystem? So why did you end up writing Alfred?
1: Yeah, so... So I didn't I didn't set out thinking, oh look, let's go and write <laughs> write a server framework at all. Um, you know, I had a look around and and I've had a bit of a rant about I read it about this the other day, um, when one of the Google guys posted, you know, what what are your thoughts? Um, so first of all I came to Aqueduct. Um, I was I'm vaguely aware of Angel, but you know, I sort of looked at it and thought, oh, a single developer, which which worried me a little bit, and I saw the scope of the project, and I was like, "Oh, I don't know." Um, anyway, so I gave Aqueduct a go, and and at first it was it was pretty good. Um, you know, I I enjoyed the experience. I'm like, "Look, this can actually happen." And but the impression I got was that people, you know, Dart, dart on the back end was really sort of a bit of an afterthought, particularly when I started looking around. Um, I saw. Shelf mentioned once, I think, um, because I use StageHand sometimes to quickly whip up a library. Have you played with StageHand at all? Uh,
0: So, yes, I I was using uh, StageHand to, I don't know, start a a small package. I think they also have like a bundler or I don't know how they call it, Um, but they can also create like the shelf uh, projects for you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So so I, I did have a crack at it there, but when I sort of looked at Shelf, I was like, oh, this just seemed so minimal. That I was like oh, I I need it to be able to do a bit more than that. Um, you know, I wasn't even aware of shelf router even at the time then. Um, you know, it was just I just sort of thought, okay, that's that's not going to quite do what I need it to do and and not be productive. You know, with the work that I do, particularly you know as how I've got to pump things out for for clients. It's got to you know I get paid to deliver things, not not to not to write lots of code. Um, you know, so I needed something that's going to get me there a bit faster. Um, so anyway, so I had a crack with Aqueduct uh, and I also had a crack with Postgres and I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Postgres and I, mostly because I don't like the way that I have to migrate, um, files forward and back. I just feel like it's just something that's going to break on me. Plus again, we I talked about, you know, with Mongo, it hasn't never done me wrong where I've been able to chuck JSON up. Um, anyway, so I did end up doing, as soon as COVID kind of happened all of my projects got cancelled and I thought, oh, what can I do to, to try and help out? Um, and myself and one of my devs got together and we wrote a, uh, I guess it was sort of a delivery app that would allow you to do some non-contact stuff. We pumped it out in a few weeks and we wrote it Aqueduct on the back end for the Postgres database. Oh. And boy, oh boy, this just it was it was a bit torturous. There was some some errors that would happen that I just couldn't debug. I couldn't see where things were going in and out or like something didn't marry up to the model. It was, it was a bit impossible. Anyway, so um, in this time, Toby from Angel, um, he had actually contacted me on a, on a thread where I was talking about Aqueduct and said, look, why didn't you give Angel a go? And I said, oh, you know, express some of my concerns. And he convinced me to give it a crack. And, and I loved it. Um, you know, if, once, I, once I played with Angel, it was great. It was very similar to Express, which obviously was nice and familiar to me but i just didn't have any of the mate any of the, the big issues that i was having trying to just get the most simple things to work with aqueduct the debugging and the errors that were getting thrown made sense um the performance wise it was great and yeah um whilst i didn't actually use a lot of the extra features in angel because it was a an enormous project um you know i just used a lot of the basic routing and stuff and um kind of wrote my own you know my own wrappers around the mongo drivers and Kind of rolled my own little ORA. Um, and it was great. I had a great experience. So I've happily was chugging along, putting that into a, quite a few projects. Um and then yeah, unfortunately, look, Toby decided to discontinue it. I thought, oh well, I'll I'll continue with that or even jump over to Aqueduct and maybe have another go. I was a bit a bit sad about it, all to be honest. And then when Aqueduct decided to throw in the towel, I thought, well, now's the time. <laughs> so um, yeah, so look, Alfred, was it was written, in fact, I think about two days, I think I wrote the whole of Alfred, um, you know, And but, but that being said, it wasn't a huge amount of code. I think the first release was only a couple hundred lines of code, um, you know, so it, 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 I was surprised how much was already built into Dart that I didn't need to, um, I didn't actually need to write a huge amount. It was mostly just around some, some routing stuff to get that to happen and, um, you know, just some I guess, some quality of life kind of things. Like, oh, look, you can return this and it'll, it'll handle it properly for you as opposed to just leaving you there in the Wild West. So, you know, I th- I, once I had a bit of a play with it, I thought it was actually pretty cool and threw it up. And I guess the rest is history.
0: Um, Yeah. Yeah, I actually saw your package, I think back in March, April. And I, I checked the code and it was like, basically just a root matcher and a web server. Yeah. And then I went back to... I don't know, a month later to Alfred, because I remember the name. And I also, when I interviewed Jermaine Aponk uh, from UK to talk about basically Dart outside of Flutter, I just saw all this deprecation war like, okay, um, Aqueduct is some setting, uh, uh, its project. And I also saw <laughs> that Angel is kind of, I don't know, discontinued. And, uh, then I went back to Alfred. Then I saw like, I wasn't even sure if that's the same package because uh, <laughs> I think it, it grew so much, and I had to go back to like the Git history, and I, I had to check the like the earlier commits. That okay, is th- is this the same project? And then I, I saw that okay, this this is this has grown quite a lot, right? Yeah.
1: yeah look, I, we've managed to keep though the um, the the API pretty pretty stable. Um, from the get go, there was there was a few things, and I think version zero point one was a was a fairly big milestone release where there was just lots of like, oh, okay, like we could we can improve this. Um, I had a, a a really good maintainer jump on board early. Um, Felix Fiedermeyer, I want to <laughs> say these last, words. um, Felix Felix, you know, went over the code and spent a lot of time, um, you know, sort of just pulling it apart and improving it, but but still managed to we've managed to keep it, I think fairly accessible um, as far as a code base goes you know so if you can I, one of the big things I wanted to make sure was that we didn't write some some code that just got out of control and you know you know you know when you get these these big projects that you just can't really break in to work out what's going on you know if you' start digging through the source code um, you know so I wanted it to be readable um, you know and also not yeah just not too, not too big so it is it is walking a bit of a fine line um, between what Angel and Aqueduct did, where they had ORMs and everything—you know, it was—it was every single thing you can imagine was was in there. I think, you know, Angel had something like, oh, look, I'm throwing, say 15 packages. I want to say that was special Angel packages that went into building on top of the original project. Um, you know, so so there, there will never be an, an ORM in there. I, I don't think the, the server needs an ORM. Um, you know, it needs to be compatible with an ORM. Um, or you know some sort of every you know it needs to be compatible with various databases, but it doesn't need to have an opinion about how those work. Um, you know, so so there is very much using Express as sort of a model for for what should be in and what should be out um, in the package, which is which has been a has been an interesting ride
0: actually. And now you mentioned databases, so how if I have a Dart server, yep. how should I how can I connect to Different databases.
1: Uh, um, look, database support's pretty good. Um, you know, I would suggest that the ones the ones that I've used. Um, you know, so the Mongo the, the Mongo package that's that's on, on pub um, works pretty well. They've they've managed to keep that maintained. I do sometimes feel like it's not taken definitely not taken as seriously as say the Node.js packages are. Um, you know, when obviously that's just a, a symptom of not as many people on Dart using it. Um, the Postgres one seems to be pretty good and stable. Again, I'm not I'm a huge user of Postgres. Um, you know, I'm using the the SQLite stuff, which trans, translates to Flutter as well. Um, you know, so they, look, you just, you just you, you jump on like any other package and make a database call, architect your app around it. And, you know, so typically what I do is I'll have a, I use get it a lot these days. Um, are you familiar with get it?
0: Yes. Yes. yes.
1: Yeah. So I, I use get it a lot. I actually use it to do a fair bit of state management. I have got some stuff around that too, um, which I think simplifies things hugely. So I'll often have like a, a services, um, you know, a database service that I'll write. Um, I'll make it a singleton with get it. And then I'll just call, um, you know, database and then whatever I need to do with it. Um Particularly with, with Dart, I don't need to have Mongoose as an ORM so far. Um, it's been really good where I'll write a, a, an abstract class that does a lot of the database functions for me. So, you know, doing a find or a find one, um, you know, it will take, you know, it'll extend that. It goes off and does a call, gets data back, and then converts that into, you know, a, a serializes it into the, the, the type. That you know that it's extended out of the database because I know it's a bit of a, a bit of a mouthful, but yeah. So look, I, I'm able to I'm able to do a lot of the stuff that say Mongo's would do when and get types in and types out with all a fairly minimum of code and a minimum of fuss, and it just works. Um, you know, so I suppose I, I probably don't want to be too prescriptive about what to do. Except to say that you know it definitely works well, and and give it a go if you if you if you're interested in having a crack at it. Databases are not a problem. Um, you know you, you you can absolutely connect to everything so far.
0: Okay, and how do you find the performance of Dart on the backend? Um, so is it comparable to Node.js? Do you find it uh, faster, slower? Uh, so what are like um, cool? Yeah. How's the Yeah, like,
1: yeah like, um, okay. So one of the projects I'm doing is a bit of an interesting one. I've got a. It's an integration. Um, so typically, you know, I do I do front end apps and whatnot. But um, I got I was approached to do a, a short contract, which has turned into a sort of a fairly ongoing gig at the moment. Um, to do a hefty integration between Shopify to um, Oracle has a yeah. ERP system called NetSuite, um, and then there's like a warehouse system. So it's this is a, a fairly big retail fashion retail company um, over here in Australia. They do a huge amount of volume, and it's a surprisingly complicated, <laughs> surprisingly complicated job. Um, but so the back end, what I what I proposed because um, I'd worked with the other gentleman before. He was he was good with Node.js, and one of the people who used my previous software um, that I said was pretty successful. I convinced him to go. Let's let's do this backend in Dart, um, and this is a hugely mission critical system which has like know, a phenomenal amount of volume that's got to go through it. And so far, it's rolled with the punches really well. It's Dart's never been the problem. Um, there was a point where Mongo was actually what was slowing it down, uh, and that was where I needed to optimize the database a bit more, which I never <laughs> really really had to dig into. Um, you know, previously it's, it's kind of like, it's just worked, but you know, in this case there was just so the, the volume of queries and things were going through were just so big that it would, you know, kind of maxed out the server. Um, so, so once, once I'd got around that performance bottleneck, that was, that was pretty smooth sailing, but I do remember one time, um, I was generating a PDF file on the server. Um, actually, sorry, it was a CSV and it was. It was. Yeah. It started crashing because again, the amount of volume that you're doing. If you if you take a slight misstep, it'll. You know, it's 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 me coding, not Dart. That's a problem, anyway. And I was able to fire up. One thing I loved is I was able to fire up the Dart Observatory and um, track it down pretty easily. Exactly where where in my code. You know, um, the problem was, which turned out to be. To do with strings and string concatenation and buffers and anyway, if if you've ever hit that with Dart, you'll you'll, you'll probably know. Um, but look, it, the great thing was it was once I rectified it, it was we've that was the only time Dart's ever been the performance bottleneck ever. Um, you know, it's it's been great, and obviously, you know, you get extra things like you can. Um, oh, sorry, <laughs> forgotten. Um, Oh, let's continue on. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I lost my train of thought there. Yes, but um, yeah, sure. yeah, no, um, performance has never been a problem so far, really. And it's it's been resolvable the couple of times. You know, it's had a hiccup.
0: Could you explain how to, how do you deploy uh, the Dart backend servers uh, currently? So what are the options and which one do you like to use?
1: Yeah. Okay. Um. Right, well, so so for most of the servers, I I, I have everything running mostly on a VPS um, for, for the customer in, in most of the scenarios. I do have a few that are on Heroku as well, however it's pronounced. Um, we've had arguments about that, um, but so 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 those those are the primary ways to do it. Um, however, the other day with Google um, with Cloud Run, I had a crack at that, and that was surprisingly easy to do. Um, and fast as well. So, so you've kind of got three three ways to do it. Um, I've got a little tutorial on on Alfred because I wrote it up about how to use Cloud Run with it. Um, I'd say I'd suggest look go and follow that along. Most of the most of the effort is in just setting up your billing details, um, but once you've got that, it's, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the other gentleman who was speaking about Alfred on your podcast, he's actually got a good tutorial on writing up um, how to get that. Uh, Files onto Heroku that he wrote up a little while ago using a build pack. Um, th- those two, I think, that's probably the best way to go. But I will describe though how to do it on a VPS and what I currently do. So it, it sounds a little bit funny, but it, but it works quite well. So I've got a Docker file, um, and within that Docker file, I use it to fire up a very lightweight little Linux. Um, you know, repo pulls pulls in the the, the Dart project. Builds out a Linux executable file um, then shuts it down, and then I, I then upload that file to this to the server. um and I'll either rename the old one if I want to keep a version or not. Um, and then I actually use pm two of all things um, to to make sure it keeps running, and I put it behind an nginx um, reverse proxy as well to handle you know any HTtps stuff um and or you know, any load balancing, if need be. Um, so again, I know that's a bit of a mouthful, um, but look, ultimately, oh yeah, I build out a, a binary file and run it on the server. That's that's what it comes down to. With some, you know, some checkpoints okay. and. And, um, and on yeah. the
0: server, you don't need to have Dart installed because it's just a bi- binary, right? Or <laughs> yeah, do look, need to install right. Dart.
1: There, there wouldn't be a problem running it um you know that way but like you get some you get some benefits by having it compiled ahead of time so you could even just do an aot file um and that doesn't need to be a binary which you could upload and you know run the data sdk there um but look i, I just yeah i just find the binary files nice and clean and, and straightforward way of getting the data you know the data on the server and like i said I've, I've always been a bit funny about putting the source code all the way up onto the server anyway um you know it's not that it can't be pulled down. It's not even for a security thing. It's just more, it seems seems excessive to to have yeah. all the source code on there. And, you know, when when ultimately all I want to do is have the largest server I can have, Um, you know, and, and yeah, it's a couple of megs and off you go. That's that's the server fault. So, yeah.
0: Okay. And I, th- I think I saw that you can also run Alfred uh, like in multi-threaded mode. Could you tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Yeah. Um, so, look, it's it's probably not the most tested thing because I tend to run my, most of my VPSs on a single CPU thread, as you'd probably do in cloud as well as here too. Um, it, that was more of a it was a it was to make sure that we could. <laughs> That's basically what it came down to. So you with Dart, when, and I guess with one of the you know things you were saying about the the performance, you know, Dart has is isolates. Um, you know, which allow us to fire up different threads on different CPUs. Um, and so there is a little example, a little example there. The funny thing, though, with the isolates is that you can't, you, you've either got to be really laser sharp about, you know, what what the work is being done, or you end up firing up effectively copies of the server. Um, so the example I've given you is is the copies of the server, Um you know, which, which allows you to, you know, you can have some stuff stored in state, even though it's generally bad practice to store anything in state on the server. You know, it should really, something should come in. It should be processed. It should go out. It shouldn't leave a mark anywhere. Um, which is, but that doesn't work with, you know, web sockets because you need to be able to maintain a connection. Um, but, but nonetheless, there, there are some practical things that you have around, you know, database connections, and things that can be shared, um, you know. So anyway, um, but yeah, the most practical way to do it that I can tell, and I'm still open to suggestions with this, is, yeah, is to effectively fire up the isolates at the beginning. But look, yeah, yeah you, you, one of the cool things with .io, which is what Alfred's built fairly thinly on top of, um, is you just say, hey, look, I want to be able to share this connection and I'll handle some of the connection pooling and flick it off to different, um, yeah, different connections for you to, to be able to handle different isolates. So it's, it's really lightweight and straightforward to do. Um, but look, I'm by no means an isolate expert. It's, it's something where I was a bit like, oh, <laughs> I've got to make sure I can. <laughs> but, um, but in practice, I'd probably, look, I'd love some community feedback, um, you know, from, from someone who works in that space.
0: And does Alfred also support WebSockets? Because you mentioned WebSockets, so
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, it does. Um, yeah, there's a there's a great little WebSockets example there to do it. You can subscribe to them just like with Express. Um, you know, yeah, and you get a you can get a little channel handle them. You know, send out messages. It's 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 fairly simple. I mean, and that, that's I guess this is sort of the the key. You know, the, the, the key takeaway that I got from all of this was that the bulk of this stuff, Alfred, Alfred's not really so much a server framework as it is just a, an organisation of the, the most common things you need to do um, and, you know, just I guess almost a Kickstarter to getting, you know, getting a, a web server working and off the ground. You know, it just takes a bit of that really low-level guesswork out of it um, and abstracts away a few of the, the funky bits. Um, but, but all in all, it's, it's not the, the actual web servers i o and, and the, the server that's run, that's just comes core with Dart. Um, Alfred itself is, is just, yeah, some helper stuff that, you know, any, anyone, if they really wanted to sit down and, and dig into it and write their own server and Dart, it's, it's, it's very easy. Um, you know, so, it's. It could almost be just a you know a little bit of a, a teaching tool about this is a way you could write a server, um, and I, I want to keep it that way too because you know the, the previous projects you know Aqueduct and Angel when they when they decided to shut shop because they had taken on so much extra work, um, you know potentially left a lot of people in a in a pretty hard position, myself included, um, you know so uh, it's. It's it's key to be able to if there's something that needs to be swapped out and I'm not there to swap it out, you know, someone should be able to pick up the code and swap it out within a day. Um, You know, that's that's I guess one of the the core principles I've tried to take going into this. So I'm definitely not trying to grow it much bigger than it is, but there isn't a lot on my list of things that need to be added into it at this point to make it any more functional. So what one I do have as a as a PR at the moment for um, streaming files and resuming downloads. Um, so it currently handles uploads and downloads uh, uploads really well. Actually, really, it's, it's a new new feature coming down the line um, to just, you basically just pass it your, your directory and make it a, a post endpoint and you can just upload files straight to that directory. It's actually up there at the moment. Um, I'm just finalizing the API for it. Um, but the, the streaming side of things, you know, so you can resume a download, of course you should be able to resume a download, um, you know, but Anyway, so there's a PR out there at the moment. I think it's a little bit too complex, so I've just got to dig into it and have the time to do it. But, you know, other than that, there isn't a huge amount of stuff that's remaining on the roadmap for me anyway, um, you know, which I think is a good thing. It's, you know, it, it does everything I need to do. And currently for the work that I've got in production, it's it's working really
0: well. I want to go back a little bit to the WebSockets because you mentioned okay. that, and I also see the example that it, it is... Like the API is very straightforward. You just open a WebSocket connection and you add a couple of kind of listeners or callbacks when the connection is opened or closed or a message is received. And how, so the, like the surface for users of Alfred, like the developers that use Alfred is very simple. Uh, Was it also very easy to implement in the, like the back, like in the, I don't know, in the back size of... In the backend so was it easy to add uh web socket support to alfred
1: felix was um the one who, who did the, the pr i wasn't actually going to do it at first i thought oh that might be a bit too tricky but like so, so there's i think it's one commit that that's, that's in there that adds web socket support um and yeah i was i was impressed with just how how straightforward it was um you know to add it and so you can you can jump on there and dig through the code um, and just have a, have a look at the, the implementation, but the implementation, you know, it, it might be 30, 40 lines of code. Um, wow. okay. yeah. So, so, you know, again, we're not talking about anything, you know, like I said, it, there's nothing about Alfred that you couldn't code yourself. You, you know, you really, you, but it's just, it just has a lot of this stuff sort of rolled into it without being overboard. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was surprised how, how straightforward that one was as well to, to implement. So, um. Yeah, <laughs> okay. there might be some other things about session management, and whatnot, that you might want to do with WebSockets if you really wanted to take it full on. You know, if you had isolates and things, and you know, you wanted to share messaging across those isolates and whatnot. But look, ultimately, those are the sorts of things that you've got to you've got to handle as a dev, anyway. Um, you know, then again, Alfred shouldn't necessarily have an opinion on it. So you know, you might have a Redis kind of database or something like that. And some sort of pub sub connection that says, "Oh, hey, you got a here's a new message." And you... anyway, <laughs> I don't get too deep, but um, but no, look, the actual implementation that's there, I think, is is a is is the right the right amount of help.
0: And you mentioned your like future plans, your roadmap, and you yeah. also mentioned that you don't want to build this gigantic framework that does everything. So, what are those? What are the things that you still want to add to Alfred and? You consider that okay, it belongs to Alfred, and it should be uh, maybe part of Alfred. So, what yeah. are those things on your roadmap?
1: Uh, so, so like I said, the on, the only big thing that's on my radar at the moment is um, is just around the the streaming, which was brought up from the community. Um, oh, there was one little thing which I can't think of right now. Sorry, <laughs> but um, but look, the the roadmap, like I said, is it's largely if if it needs to be put in. I just I build it out um, pretty quickly because I usually have a need for it myself. Um, you know oh, what was the other thing? No, that's that's probably about it. Oh, look, I guess one thing that I did want to mention was the other day the the body parser got deprecated, um, which we were using, which was the the Google's official one. So I ended up pulling that into Alfred, and that was a bit of a Bit of an interesting decision because that is something that even Express is spun out. Um, but you know, so I guess the the litmus test is if most people are going to need to use it, then it should be included by default. That's 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 kind of the the point where I go look if you know if it's expected. Actually, one thing I probably do need to build in is gzip compression as well. You know, so there there is some support for automatic gzip compression, which I've got to look into, but I don't know if I want to switch that on by default. Um, you know, and whether I control it myself. So, but no, look, that's that's about it. Um, it's there's there's nothing that's really hanging that I'm like, you know, what this needs to go in. But again, I take the community's guidance about, you know, about any extra use cases that um that I'm not encountering on my day to day that they might have, and then we'll decide from there.
0: Okay. And how can the listeners of this podcast contribute to Alfred? So what is, uh, where do you think you can, uh, like get some help or how can we, uh, what can we do?
1: Look I I'm 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 very very open to contribution. I don't want this to be a one man show at all. Um you know, I just want it to be able to be a one man show <laughs> if things go fair change. Um but no look if if listeners if listeners have any suggestions or want to jump on board and 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 help out um you know it's very much appreciated. Look jump on get there's there's a contributing section um contributing section down the bottom. Um but effectively look the the, the rules are fairly simple. It's it's got to... Avoid pulling in any extra dependencies unless it's absolutely necessary, because I don't want another dependency to to, to break it or you know have this sort of a web of things where you're like oh, something over here is broken and now Alfred's got it, got a problem. Um, you know, so I want to generally for the core code, it's got to sort of own the code. Um, it's got to be simple, you know. Um, and then there's quite a few little sort of Dart format rules. It was actually it's just pedantic, effectively. Um, you know, follow that. And um, you know, it's got a little CI checks um shell script which which just runs through the the tests. Um oh, and also, yeah, obviously we've gotta to, got to have fairly good test coverage for any features that you you deliver. Um but no, look, it's you know, any anything that's that we're not that's not currently in there, which is sort of core to what a you know, a web server should do, particularly if Express is doing it kind of. Alfred should do it, I guess is a good good example. Um, you know, yeah jump on um, create a PR or even just right open an issue because again I, if i don't know that there's something that the community needs then then i'm not working on it um you know so that's yeah that's about where it is
0: okay thank you um then i think it's time to wrap things up is there anything that we might have forgotten to mention
1: um no look i, I think that's about it i mean look i think if the only other thing i'd probably like to raise which I, which i i see a bit is is my opinion around Firebase <laughs> and, and what's what's to be done there. Um, you know, look uh, if if you want to use Firebase, that's great. But I, I've I guess I just wanted to say that I, I've always avoided it because there, there's been some times in the past where can, building your project around Firebase is a little bit of a risk, just because it can be switched off. Um, so whether you're using Alfred or something else, it's, it's neither here nor there. But it's always just been a bit of a worry, I suppose. Um, you know, building a, a project which has got to survive around something which is kind of at the whims of somebody else. So, you know, an, an example was Parse, um, which I've, which has now got, a you know, an open source version of its server that's available. Um, but I had a cu- lot of customers that were actually not, and they weren't even, luckily they weren't mine because I wasn't using Parse. That um, You know, when it went to get switched off, I had a number of people call me up saying, my project's been built against this and now it needs to be rewritten. Um, you know, so I think that is something that's worth considering just because Firebase is there and it's easy to use for your Flutter backend. If you start doing something serious, just consider what you're going to do in the event that it gets switched off and whether that's going to be an issue, you know, for you um you know and i did see that there is another project as well that's that's looking to make an open source version of of firebase um and you know i'd probably be tracking that too if you if you definitely want to go that way and make sure that you know it could pick up where where something le- you know leaves off because that's yeah that's that, that's just one of those things that, that I've always been a bit worried about so but i think that's about okay. it okay um, okay, yeah. what what, what are, what's your opinion there <laughs> so if you use firebase or, you know have you or have you been stung with anything like that um
0: i didn't really i mean we use firebase uh, for a couple of things but um i never used it on a project where it was serving as the main backend yeah. so we sometimes use like remote config or uh, i i don't know uh, oh, look, I- analytics And sometimes like for small things, the, I think the the store, the Firebase store, Firestore. Um, But we never, so I never really used it for anything like serious. Like I never use it as the main backend. Um,
1: So I need to be clear. I'm referring to the actual database Firebase component, not the the whole console package. I, I use Firebase Cloud Messaging for all my Flutter apps. Um, I quite actually quite often use the authentication as well, which actually could get me, I guess, in some trouble. Um, you know, <laughs> but, but it was no look, It was more around the more around you know heavily building your your business logic that's tied into the to the Firebase database scenario. Um, that one's always just been one. You know, using that to do the business logic's always been a bit of a worry for me. Um, but no, look, the rest of it, the rest of it's yeah. I, I use it, I use it heavily as well. You know, just not the database. So.
0: Yeah, I think for me it would be also. I mean, I, I'm not sure. So, I I used to work on the backend as well, and for me it it's just more straightforward straightforward to just handle the backend and uh, storage myself. Mm. Um. So, but at the same time, it, it like they do offer a couple of nice things that make things I think faster to develop. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I'm not sure where, where and, I would uh, go. Yeah.
1: It, it's got its place, all right? I mean, there's certainly for for storing certain kinds of data. I mean, I guess the the main, the main reason for saying it is I, I see a lot of fairly new devs, particularly on Reddit, seem to seem to come to this and go, "Well, how am I going to build out anything to to have some server functionality?" I mean, you know, and and I guess the answer, the default answer, seems to be, "Well, I'll just use Firebase as opposed to exploring." You know, just creating your own server, which isn't that hard, but you know, it just—I think—I think they're trying to do some backflips there, which they could be getting themselves into a, into a bit of a corner, potentially, right? So, I mean, that—that that yeah, this can be—you yeah. um, know, it's—it's it's just yeah, give it a go, give the data on the server a go, be it Alfred or or Shelf. And you know, look, do, Google has um, made some inroads as well. I think it's the other thing's worth mentioning. Google's made some some big, oh, what's the word? There's <laughs> some big commitments recently, it looks like, to shelf, um, you know, and to shelf going forward. And though while I still don't like how disconnected a lot of the components are just to get something going, um, you know, it does look like there's a bit of a commitment um, you know, from Google for the back end as well. So you know, Dart on the back end, I, I feel like it's here to stay. Um, I have been wrong in the past with technology. <laughs> Sorry, but look, like Dart, I don't think it's going anywhere, right? I mean, we've got so much now invested in Flutter. Uh, I don't know where Fuchsia going to go. Uh, but, you know, from from Google's standpoint, Dart's kind of, it's its cemented itself quite a bit, at least with Flutter. So, you know, if, if as long as as long as Flutter's around, Dart's around. So hopefully we should be, um, you know, it should be should be fairly good.
0: Yeah, uh, now now that you mentioned uh, I think I wanted to ask your opinion about uh, so basically when you go to dot dot dev Dart is described as a client optimized language for fast apps apps on any platform so hmm um why do you think they don't want to like why do you think they don't even mention that okay it it could run may- maybe as a command line tool or it could run on the server without any problems. So um, is it only because they don't want to, I don't confuse people with client so that it can run anywhere um, or so would it make like Dart on the backend more difficult to, I don't know, to be like, would it make positioning Dart as a language that is able to run on the backend more difficult? know confusing or difficult do you think
1: um it's hard to say without being in google shoes you know darts had a i was aware of dart back in 2014 i think you know i sort of had a bit of a go at it. i was like ah, oh, it just seems like particularly just you know transpiling to javascript just seemed like a lot more effort than it was worth and obviously it's kind of languished i think in that time you know I had to find a home um you know and now that with flutter taking off like it has um, you know, obviously, you go, you kind of like, oh, well, that's what that's what Dart's good for. It's good for good for this, um, you know. But jump, look, jumping on Dart.dev and having a quick scroll down, you know, they've got this sort of one to the third box down. It actually mentions compiling tiny little binary files. Um, it says fast on all platforms, and you know, anyway. So I, I think I think they're going to come around. Um, you know, and you know, of recent times, I have seen, you know. Been been contacted by some guys at Google, and you know they seem like they're they're they're, d- they're definitely interested in seeing on where Dart can go on the back end. I think at the moment, and I think it was a bit of a surprise to them that people were considering it. To be fair, um, you know, but which which was also, I guess, the impression I got when I started looking at you know server side Dart as well. But you know, the Shelf project's been around I think since largely two thousand fourteen as well. Um, from from what I can tell, you know, looking through some of the code. Um, you know, so like it—it it hasn't been a total afterthought, but just whether or not it's got maybe management leadership in that in that direction at the moment. Um, you know, that that can make a big difference in these sorts of, you know, these sorts of things. The me- the messaging is, you know, and and what the guys actually think is cool to use for for the devs are uh, sometimes two different things. Um, but but no, look, it's 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 been a really good experience in every way so far. You know, if if when Aqueduct and Angel shut shut shop, if it hadn't have been a really good experience, I would have looked around. But um, you know, instead, I was like, "No, this is this is the way forward." And then, you know, was, I think, it's a bit of a bit of bad timing on both their fronts because you know, with Flutter taking off, I, I was like, "Well, you know, they they both committed so much to to Dart for years before." you know, there was any real hope inside, I think. And you know, just 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 as it's just as it's starting to hit its stride, um, they they decided that they'd had enough. But you know, look, each to their own and and I can understand their decisions, you know, for, for what they want to do. Um I think man, now's the time. You know, and particularly comparing to Node.js, I can't see why it wouldn't be a Node.js I really can't. It's there's it's got a lot of benefits on top of it but it's also not much harder to learn and in many ways easier than Node, but we've just got to get a few extra packages. Um, and I suppose this probably is something worth mentioning quickly. I if we've still got some time, um, you know, sort of, I guess it's not, there's the databases part of the ecosystem, but there's also packages, um, you know, and there, there is probably, this is probably the hardest part um, of the of the framework at the moment. So for example, for the Firebase SDK to do push notifications, I had to dig in and look at some curl requests and code them up myself. Um, you know, recently. And and also doing a Stripe integration, I had a similar sort of thing where I had to, you know, you just you just look at whatever the curl requests are and sometimes chuck them into postware if if you if curls a bit daunting cuz you know even I look at it sometimes and go oh, I don't know what that really means um you know chuck it into postware decipher it and 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 you code up some of the stuff you know to to do some of the client things whereas with node you know um all of those packages are already there um you know i guess in one other thing i'm trying to do the the pdf package for data is brilliant um, but I had a, a situation where I had to try and join two PDFs together the other day, and that's been a bit of a been a bit of a fun one. Um, whereas I guess I know it as well. I'd be able to join the two, but even that seems a bit dodgy there, you know. And I was started to dig around into FFI, um, you know, to grab some old C C plus plus library or something to to allow me to interop with it to, to do that sort of thing. Um, anyway. You know that, that that's probably the bit where the, the growth needs to happen, but you know, provided people start using it, and I think people will. That that'll come in time, and and it certainly has not been a showstopper for anything I need to do.
0: Uh, any any libraries that you you are thinking of for joining to PDFs on the FFI side, yeah. or <laughs> no. did you?
1: Oh uh, look, I, I I got to a point where I looked at it and then so this, this is for that integration that integration project I've got I'm working on um anyway and I ultimately went to to the guy who's managing it and said oh look I think I'm burning a bit too much time here you know is this it, it, you know and the 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 reason that it was a priority one day had become absolutely not essential the next so um you know okay. yeah. <laughs> so 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 it's it's been shelved for now um look i, I did look at something what one a, you know a native project but it hadn't been updated since 2015 or something <laughs> you know. um so so it, I, I didn't i didn't have a, a the this is the one to go with just yet but um but no look it looks like it'll be easy enough once the time comes and you know i'd even done some um some work with the uh, you know, on those sorts of integrations and things with fast text, um, which is uh, basically like a it's, – it's, it's an AI library. I was trying to write a search engine um, to, to determine, given a product's listing, a, a HS code, which is like an international shipping categorization code thing for anyway to, to determine taxes and duties when things are shipped around. Surprisingly difficult. Um, to 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 work out, but no, look, I was able to interact with that really well. Um, you know, the the native libraries that were there. It's a fast fastex is a, a Facebook um offshoot of that stuff. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, look, it's interacting with everything also feels really native with Dart. You know, on the on the server as opposed to Node, which is you're very much oh, look you're sitting over here in this in this little bubble, and then every time you try to reach out, I always felt like it was just a bit. Yeah, yeah. What, what are you doing kind of going outside of Node whereas with Di- you know you're kind of like the file systems that are so easy to work with and um, you know yeah r- reading inputs and outputs of you know from the command lines also I found really easy as well so anyway I'm probably going off on a bit of attention <laughs> so I'll leave that for
0: yeah okay yeah thank you Um. and yeah uh, I also appreciate going that you going off on a tangent I think it it is still, it's interesting um, to hear the I don't know problems or thoughts you have. Um, yeah, then I think now is there still anything that you want to mention? Feel free.
1: No, look, I think I think that's it, uh, I think that's yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Then uh, I would like to thank you again for joining. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I wish you uh, and the Alfred Project uh, the best. I i i don't i i i really like it uh, so far um and i mean i only use it for some i don't know just played around uh i didn't use it for anything uh production ready uh but so far i really liked it and yeah uh just thank you again for joining yeah
1: that's and right. Happy have a week it, it is, it is hard. Sorry. It is, it is hard though, this sort of thing, you know, you, you do have to take a little while before a project comes along before you can really pick it up too. Right. So, um, no, look, I appreciate that. And yeah, it's great, great to hear you've had a good experience so far. And thanks for having me, Vince.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please do me a favor and recommend the episode to your friends. Both online and in-person recommendations are appreciated. So share either on social platforms, such as Twitter and LinkedIn, or just mention the podcast to your coworkers and software developer friends. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss the next episode. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also listen to the podcast directly from your web browser on flutter101.dev, that is flutter101.dev. You will also find an RSS feed there. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. It only takes a couple of seconds and can help the podcast reach a bigger audience. Have a great day and see you next time.